This is Trends and Issues in Instructional Design, Educational Technology, and Learning Science, hosted by Abby Brown and Tim Green. Hey, this is Tim, and I'm here with Abby. Hi, this is Abby, and I'm here with Tim. Welcome to episode 209 of our podcast, where we review the trends and issues in instructional design, educational technology, and learning sciences that we observed as we flip resources into our Flipboard magazine over the past two weeks. In this episode, we have four trends that we'll share, along with a recommended reading that, that ties to each of the four trends. We end the episode by peering into the crystal ball and making predictions about the trends we believe we'll observe in the upcoming two weeks. So Abby, start us off by talking about our four trends and sharing our recommended readings. Thank you, Tim. Yes, we are looking at uh, all the different articles that we flipped into our Flipboard magazine over the past couple of weeks. And we didn't flip that many articles in the last couple of weeks. I'm not exactly sure why. It seems like there just weren't as many that we thought were critically important to instructional technology, instructional design, educational technology. But from what we did flip, here's what we discovered. Number one trend right now is, as it often is, hardware and software. Anybody who's ever listened to us knows that hardware and software comes up trending constantly, and it, for good reason. It, it makes yeah. a lot of sense. For years. For years. We saw articles about feedback tools for teachers and students. These are mostly software-based feedback tools. We saw Apple officially discontinuing its Mac OS server, which made me feel a little bit nostalgic. I was sort of like, oh, but this was kind of a thing that people used for quite a while. And, and so if you do use a Mac OS server, it's Apple is no longer providing support for it. Um, there were uh, it was a very interesting article about issues with students, students issues with Canvas and other learning management systems. So it was kind of the results of surveys about using Canvas and learning management systems in general and the challenges that students feel that they face with them. On the much lighter side, I mean, literally lighter than air at some points when you turn it on, <laughs> Snap introduced a camera drone called Pixie, which, if I'm remembering correctly, is something around $257 American. Um, as a released and it, what it does it's got very few actual moving parts in terms of like controllers you set it and then it sort of flies around you as your own personal paparazzo uh, and sends pics back to your snapchat account um, you and I were talking about this earlier right I it's it's hard I don't to know, even know what to think about right it. it's hard to know how to react right <laughs> but, but but React we did, enough yes. so that we thought this is worth sharing with our fellow yeah, instructional I was I was oddly disgusted, but at the same time, do I want one? Oh, I totally That's, want one. Yeah, right. Right. I mean, I was looking no, at it going, know. yeah. And then I was thinking, does anybody follow anything that I put on Snapchat <laughs> or anything like that? Uh, so anyway, it was cute. It's not our recommended read, though. No. Our recommended read, in all honesty, is... What are the most widely used EdTech tools in districts? By Emma Kate Fitz for EdWeek Market Brief. And once again, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing anyone's name. This was a really good article, though. It was based on a survey that was conducted, and it showed, kind of gave us the top list of most used EdTech tools in uh, K-12 districts. 
I was surprised at the large number. I mean, really, it wasn't just like Google appearing on the list. It was like Google was the massive majority of the list. I jokingly refer to it as Google, 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 and Kahoot. Yeah. <laughs> but there are others on there, and it's worth yeah. reading. It's worth reading. Number two, our trend number two is ID and teaching, instructional design and teaching in general. Now, we did fold online and hybrid instruction articles into this this version of the trend because we only saw a very few online and hybrid instruction uh, specific articles and they all again had to do with this idea of designing instruction in some form we saw uh, redesigning virtual brick and mortar and hybrid learning spaces multiple articles about doing this kind of a redesign um, we saw best practices for presenters very good article about that we saw a coaching model for instructional innovation also a good article but our recommended read in this area is why one cute hamster says everything you need to know about what online learning should be by may mckiernan for biteside now tim you and i were talking about this article at the beginning before we at the beginning of our meeting before we actually start recording and we both agreed that this was a really interesting uh, article that that kind of said it articulated better what I've been thinking about online instruction for a long time, which is that it has to it has to have a personal aspect, and that the 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 picture of the cute hamster is actually the shared moment between an instructor and a student that is an important personal moment, and it has nothing to do with the content of the course it has to do with forming relationships uh, that that move people forward also in uh, academic and professional settings number three research reports now this tends to pop up every now and then um, it's not a regular trend for us but it's certainly a, uh, a perennial trend um, we see uh, we saw a, a number of debunking reports this last couple of weeks, debunking, literally debunking common productivity myths. Then we saw an article about counterintuitive findings about motivation. Um, and these are all great articles to read. Uh, Harvard's discovery of the energy effect. Very interesting article, too, about what causes people to um, uh, have sway in conversations and, and get things, uh, get projects moving. The creativity costs of virtual meetings uh, and how the metaverse may improve learning based on some research that that was conducted and again great readings all but the recommended read if you can only read one article on the subject it, it, right now we recommend our phones good for students by Eric Ofgang for tech and learning it's a very nice sort of a thousand foot overview of the current research on uh, students and we're talking about cell phones of course but students and their mobile devices uh, it's over the years we've reported an awful lot of negative research findings on this but this is an interesting read that balances uh, both negative and positive research findings from different uh, research projects number four Again, one that comes up pretty much every episode, uh, security and citizenship. We saw, uh, well, previously in, in, in trend three, we saw how the metaverse may improve learning. In security and citizenships, we saw an article about how 
racism and sexual abuse arise in the metaverse. We saw, this was uh, one of the bigger uh, events of the past two weeks, 56 countries, including the United States, pledged to, and now I'm quoting from the pledge, they pledged to reinforce democracy online by agreeing not to shut down access to the internet, use algorithms to illegally spy on citizens or run, sorry, or run misinformation campaigns to undermine elections. And this was, uh, I mean, I realize it's highly symbolic, but it's kind of an important declaration. Our recommended read in this area, though, is students and many adults can't tell fact from fiction online. Here's how to help by Sarah McGrew for Education Week. This is a brief article. Uh, it's a good overview, a good sort of get started article on this idea of uh, interpreting uh, reports and reporting for their uh, validity and veracity. Um, so those are our four trends and our four recommended readings, Tim. Thank you, Abby. Now we move to peering into the crystal ball and making predictions about the trends we believe we'll, we'll observe in the upcoming two weeks. Uh, as we normally do, we talk about this before we start the episode. Um, Again, if you followed us for any length of time, you'll you can probably guess a few things that we're going to say, like right. hardware and software. Hardware and software. We also talked uh, a lot about seeing more ID and teaching in general. Yes, but in different ways, right? Well, yes. I mean, we, you and I were talking about the fact that we we've been seeing, for obvious reasons, with the pandemic and with right. coming out of the pandemic, we've been seeing a lot of articles about teaching remotely right. experiences with remote teaching and learning, some new research that's come out in this area, because we've now had a few years to look at it from the pandemic perspective. But uh, you and I were talking about the fact that all of this is starting to cause us to rethink and reevaluate mm -hmm. uh, our standard practices. So we, I'm not sure it'll happen in the next two weeks, but in the next couple of months, I think we can expect to see a reevaluation of instructional strategies in general, mm -hmm. regardless of the the setting in which they're applied, and also, as you pointed out in our discussion, a reimagining of schools, a reimagining right. of what schools look like and what they, how they operate. Right. I mean, is that yep. a fair thing to say? Yeah, it is. And and related to that is maybe discussions again about uh, micro credentialing, micro learning. Sure and badging coming back into that that mix well we, we kind of think we'll see some of that come back in in different forms yeah i, I mean what constitutes receiving an education right what constitutes being able to reflect the education you've received right so there's there's kind of a lot of questions about this um as we as we as an academic community start re-examining ourselves and our own practices right correct so, so there you have it, Tim. I think that's what we see in the crystal ball right now. Well, that brings us to the conclusion of episode 209. We'd like to thank our followers and viewers of our Flipboard magazine and, of course, our podcast subscribers. You can listen to past episodes of our podcast and find the links to the recommended readings that we described in this episode by visiting our website at trendsandissues.com. 
Our next episode will air on May 19th. This podcast is produced by Professor Abby Brown at East Carolina University and Professor Tim Green at California State University, Fullerton. Copyright Abby Brown and Tim Green.